Welcome to the Chaladia Show. Today we have a special guest, uh, Noah Hayton. Oh, he he is a longtime friend, uh, uh, an artist. Uh, we uh, we are actually curated together by the Levantine Cultural Center uh, back in the day uh, here in Los Angeles. And uh, for some reason, we've remained friends. <laughs> I do question that to this day. Uh, I, hey, I, I question it too. I mean, um, we're talking like 10, 11, 12 years ago, right? That was like 2011. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, Seems I like your, 20. Your glasses kind of look like my glasses. Are you, are you copying me? Well... Yes, and I also um, would like you to call me college, just so I don't feel excluded tonight. Um, K three, like I thought I could be like the third. No, no, no you have, you have your own special status. Fine, uh, Dimmy status. Uh, uh, Noah, uh, you know, Noah, Noah Ben Ibrahim, the an accomplished artist. Uh, 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 did a, a Fulbright. Do they call it a, a, a grant or a scholarship? Uh, it was a Fulbright grant. grant, uh, grant. Fulbright, Fulbright Hayes grant, to be exact. It was in Marrakesh. Okay. In, in Marrakesh, Morocco. Yeah. And did some stuff, did some uh, art fairs, Istanbul, Cairo, little things like that. You know, no big don't, deal. Don't. <laughs> little things like that. Little things like that. You know, big things like that. But 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 started off, which you know, the funny thing is, he also started off uh, doing album covers for uh, Oakland rappers. So, well, mostly uh, got some range there. Bay Area got some range on this guy. <laughs> I definitely yeah. have some miles on me. And yeah, well, tell us, tell us a little bit. Tell us a I little bit about the that bottom, that scene. Here, and here, still, <laughs> the, still the bottom, I think. But um, tell us about my yeah. Introduce yourself. Yeah, do, like well, do, it, do, do a, the thing, man. You did a decent job. Thank you. <laughs> um, so man, it was I. Right. Um, you got my name basically right. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and yes, I came up before your young selves and uh, started off more in like illustration, graphic art, commercial art, like doing drawings for rappers, logos, album covers, things like, like that in the Bay Area in the early 90s. That's really, but I mean, I was drawing my whole life and I was always, you know, looking at things and drawing them and looking at things and drawing them or drawing things and, you know, that kind of kid just drawing in the, scribbling in the margins of the homework in the classwork, getting in trouble for it, writing, tried my hand at tagging, got caught, was my fault. I wrote my real name. And the janitor was like, I know it was you. And I was like, how did you know it was me? And he's like, well, you wrote Noah and there was only like two Noah's in the school. So, and he's like, you're the only one that draws. So, dumb. You think with all these years of drawing, you'd be better at it. I watched. You're the only, you're the only, I washed the walls and I learned my lesson. So I, I kept it more in the books, you know, in the sketchbooks and stuff. And yes, I'm wearing these glasses because 
it's like I'm on I'm online so much these days that it's like seriously straining my eyes. Plus, you both wear glasses, so I have felt these are like Malcolm X style glasses. These are Malcolm X style. Well, I was trying to be somewhere between your two styles. Right. He's wearing the same. They're, they're, they're pretty close. They're like Yeah, Malcolm that X. That little style. silver thing in the middle, whatever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but grew up in the Bay Area. Back to me. Uh, grew up in the Bay Area. <laughs> um, and uh, moved to Southern California basically in 2000, let's just say. It was like, the, I think it was December 99. But I started school at Long Beach State for my MFA in January of 2000. So I'm a transplant. I've been, and I'm still out here. You know, I mean, I finished school, but I'm still out here. Um, <laughs> and you know, married with a kid, dog, things like that. Oh, um, big Daddy. Big Daddy is one of my nicknames. I um, love it when they call you Big Papa. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, been showing around different group shows, mostly group shows, admittedly, different galleries, never had any exclusive representation from any gallery. But, you know, through showing around LA and different groups, so I caught the attention of curator, uh, Jordan L. Grobley from the Levantine Cultural Center, which was a great cultural space in LA and a unique one, you know, that was making um, a, a cultural space for basically Middle Eastern, North African cultures, right? We could say, I mean, they yeah. had art shows, they had book readings, and through that, he introduced me to a, another artist, Khalid Hussein, who's on here. There he is. And yeah, like you said, yeah. here we are. That's how Ten we years are. later, somehow still friends. Um, and reluctantly. Through, <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. I'll let people judge. But <laughs> um, through you, Khalid Hussein, I met Khalid El Serati. We got the, the we got the Syrian. Yeah. The Syrian. So now so, we, yeah, we yeah. so we have an Egyptian, a Syrian, and a fake Moroccan. Unknown. And a, fake an, an honorary honorary. Let's <laughs> do the honorary. I'm pseudo, pseudo, honorary pseudo artist, pseudo human. How do you how um, do you say pseudo in Moroccan? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something funny, but I can't think of anything. Oh, uh, it's not going to work. I don't know. Well, before before we get into the, the the Middle Eastern stuff, tell us about the the picture you have in the back behind you. Oh, well, that is not my work, but I, I also collect work. I have a painting by Khalid Hussein here, or two or three, which I can actually get and show. So I have other artists in my collection. You know, I collect work, I trade work, I buy work from other artists, support other artists. Mm. This is a piece, uh, a photo, a photographic print. I mean, from an original negative by the photographer who created that image um, for the first, or I believe it's the first, the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers album, the iconic album cover. Wow. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, no, I've seen you, you, you've done a lot of, you, like you post a lot of your, your old work that was uh, for, for different hip hop artists in the Bay Area. And um, was it, who? Yeah. Who, uh, I do that. Like, yeah, there were a few of them you that you worked with who were who, who who blew up eventually, right? Right, right, right. And uh, 
I post a lot of that stuff. People really seem to be interested in that 20 something years later now, I guess the golden era, what people are calling the golden era of hip hop, which is like, you know, mostly nineties, maybe a little, I would, in my opinion, it goes into the, the early 2000s were still the nineties. You know what I mean? But mostly the golden era existed in the nineties, maybe the late eighties into the, not through the nineties and then into the beginning of the 2000s but well, you you've been you I mean you were you were interviewed recently for a documentary yes right uh yeah i've been on some documentaries and podcasts about the work um you know like on bt and other you want to you drop, drop some names and you know do a well i mean shout out to you know my my friend and well now friend and and dj personality, radio personality, Kevin, DJ KG, KBZ Pashizi up at KPU in uh, S San Francisco. And um, I've been on, yeah, the Murder Master music show just had me on out of Southern Illinois. Um, there's there's a bunch of things. So, I mean, shout out to everyone who's supporting and interested and, you know. I mean, this is your moment awesome. to plug. Feel free to plug if you want I'll to. I'll keep no. plugging. Must plug. Plug it up. Go ahead. We'll plug. Thank you. I'll just keep plugging. Where, where do we find these documentaries? Where should we view them if we want to view them? Um, well, BET has the Nolanic Chronicles. That's a documentary I was on. It was a five-part docu-series, I believe. I was in the second episode. Um, yeah, but where the hell do you where do you, where do you watch BET, BET if you don't on have BET cable? or on yeah, their website? Like, who has cable anymore? Some people do. <laughs> Not but people that are. I mean, I guess maybe people who are in the '90s hip hop because they're OGs. But go on their website. On their website, do you yes. have to subscribe? You, you can create some kind of account, I believe, through their website yeah, and watch it on their website. And and the podcasts. Podcasts. I will have links. Well, I have links to some of them. Um, and there's a when there's another one dropping on August 16th on Murder Master Music Show on their on their YouTube channel. Um, so check that out, and then I'll I'll create a link to that once it's up on my website. I mean, look if you go to my website, to be honest with you, I need to upload a whole lot more artwork, but I do have a website. It's my name noahhaton.com, and there's a page for the Golden Era Rap Graphics stuff that you mentioned. But there's also a page for my more fine art stuff that I, my drawings and paintings that I, some of which I've shown in galleries. And um, there are links to a couple different articles I received recent, uh, recently, like write ups about my work in Voyage LA and Shout Out LA magazine. And so shout out to them for supporting Voyage LA and Shout Out LA. And um, both their links to that on my website, noahayden.com. And then um, there's also a couple links to, a couple different hip hop focused podcasts that had me on as a guest um, about the graphic art and photography I did in '90s hip hop in the Bay Area. So you have enough. You have How enough am I doing with, with with plugging? How am I doing? You, with have, you have enough. You have enough links to make a gold chain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The Pharaoh's got some bars. I like that. <laughs> bars. Am I? Did I do good with the plugging? My plugging. No, no solid plugging. Nice. Uh, we will we can repost we will we repost those links on our our uh, venues and whatever platforms that we uh, mess with. Nice. So, uh, Thank you. So let, let me ask you, how then did you go from that scene 
in the Bay Area, then you moved to LA. How did then did you transition into the Middle Eastern, North African? Yeah, the, the like, uh, uh, well, how did the transformation Jewish happen? Dude, okay, Jewish dude who's doing, <laughs> who's like doing like hip hop album covers in the Bay Area, you know, and suddenly you're in Marrakesh. How did, how did that go down? I don't know, man. I just smoked something one day and I woke up there. <laughs> and the rest is history. Moroccan black, some Moroccan black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I haven't fully recovered, but um, basically, I mean, look, I got to give you the condensed version. But oh. basically, like I said, after I, um, I've been working in the night, like, early 90s in, in hip-hop graphics after I graduated Berkeley High School. And then I um, ended up, I did my undergrad in San Francisco at the Academy of Art, you know, and I worked other part-time jobs. I worked at a bunch of different gyms in Oakland, too. Um, Were you a towel boy? <laughs> <laughs> um, more or less, but I also worked out and helped people with their workouts. So I did more than fold and wash towels. But I'm not saying I didn't do that too. Um, <laughs> anyway, towel boy. <laughs> you towel boy. Yeah, that's TV. what they called me in Morocco too. Um, <laughs> what, did you, so, what did you towel off in Morocco? <laughs> hey, hammams are a big business. <laughs> I was, uh, oh yeah, there is a name for that. I'm forgetting about it. I think uh, it's just- yeah, like for the guy who's in the hammam whose job it is to scrub people, scrub oh, you down man. for like some change. There's a guy who spends, oh, cell. That's what it's called. A cell. Cell. I'm not saying it that way, but it, okay, the cloth. Like, you know, that you the, scrub someone with. Oh, yeah, the, the, the loofah. Yeah, okay, so. The equivalent like, of a loofah. It would or be like in him, Arabic. It would be the what? We call it a lifa, at least in, in our, my dialect, yeah, but right. lifa. Right. Well, okay, yeah. Moroccan dialect's the best, but I... Uh, oh. <laughs> Here we go. Started. Now we're getting started. We're getting started. This is how, how our, uh, my relationship with you started, by the way, which is always this this shit talk on Syria, the Syrian dialect and how Moroccan no, dialect... No, I didn't. I never... No, 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 no. I never spoke <laughs> Moroccan dialect's the best and I Morocco's just, the best. And Yeah, I'm not anti anyone else. I'm just pro-Maghrebi. <laughs> so... Please, go ahead. Um, the name of the guy who spends the whole day in the hammam, you know, getting money tips to scrub people's backs, mostly. Um, mm -hmm. It would be like calling him, like you said, if it's called a, like a loofah, then we calling him like the loofer or loofadero, right. you know? Right. It's like um, loofazadeh or something. Would they like crack your joints too? Kind of like yes. a chiropractor? Do, they they do that. the same thing yeah. in, in, in Syria, in the hammams in Syria. Yeah. There's like this, so, this I mean, big dude who just like, right. that's his thing. But he also must have the best skin in the world if you think about it. His whole job, nine to five, five days a week, is being in a steam bath. So the dude's skin must just be like flawless, right? I don't know. He, I mean, might, he might be like completely like pruned out from that. That's like, true. Or, or he's dehydrated as fuck and he like looks like a prune and he needs <laughs> to drink water because he sweated everything out. <laughs> so I don't even remember what was that, but oh yeah, I moved from like in two, like basically January 2000, 
then I relocated to Long Beach, California. Shout out to the LBC. Um, and I didn't know anyone there. And I was, I was kind of intimidated, to be honest, because, I mean, I, I didn't know anyone. I moved to the, a new city for the first time where I didn't know anyone. And the only thing I heard about Long Beach that was like Snoop Dogg and all the, you know. And with all this trouble in the LBC. And then I heard about all the drama in the LBC. Yeah, exactly. Kind so, of um, <laughs> I heard. I don't know. Someone told me that, that it's kind of hard with all the drama and the LBC. That's right. It's kind of hard. Um, but <laughs> some basically, with the I met, you know, from going to school there and getting my degree over the, like a few years, my graduate degree, my MFA, I met people, made friends, and some of these are friends for life. We're still friends, you know. Um, that was 2003 when I graduated with my MFA. And Originally, I thought I'm going to move back to the Bay Area as soon as I get my degree. Well, that didn't happen. Life happened, and you know, I was nomadic for a while. Actually, um, like literally, I mean, I, I was in LA after I graduated. Like, you know, okay, I worked at a gallery. I worked at as an assistant to an artist in Venice, Alexis Smith. Um, I, you know, I did those type of jobs while I made work and got in a lot of. I was doing pretty well at getting in group shows and um, just was doing that scene for a few more years after I graduated. And I was living up in West LA, Mar Vista area. And then, um, you know, I really- Shout out to Mar Vista. Shout out to Mar- (laughs) (laughs) Do they have a gang sign? They probably do. I don't know. Like, uh, MV? Okay. Shout out to MV. Um, so <laughs> I live in Mar Vista, by the way. So everyone, yeah, knows. it's nice. It's yeah, nice. you should know like the gang signs then. It's I always know like, them. dude. I'm sure it's like I'm in Pasadena. It's probably 15 degrees cooler where you're at. Yeah, yeah. There is you know? there is a difference. Right. Um, so. Basically, where was I? Um, I took classes at Long Beach. I made friends. We're still friends for life. Then I worked at a gallery, and I worked as an assistant to an artist in Venice, California. And then, you know, but the whole time, like, you know, I had an interest in travel, and I hadn't traveled as much as, like, I wanted to. I had been, a, you know, I have been to, like, Hawaii, and I have been to Mexico. As a California kid, that's not crazy you know, impressive travel, you know, not that those aren't great places. I love them, but, you know, I had a, been curious for years about traveling further abroad and certain places I wanted to go my whole life, like Egypt. I mean, my grandmother, my one living grandparent, is 101 years old and she's out in West LA. She's met Khaled. Um, she doesn't like him, but she's met him. And, <laughs> and uh, I told her I didn't either, but we're, here we are, we're still friends. And, you know, Actually, she came to our show. She did. Yeah, she's been around a long time. She's 101. So like anything I can think of, she was there in my life. Whoa, a cat just jumped out of the background. Yeah, that's my cat. He'll he'll make appearances every now and then. Uh, Is this, does he get like an honorarium? He's looking out the window. He's got your back, dude. He's looking out the window. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is Antar. This is Antar. This guy's like, you don't mess around with Antar. (laughs) Please go on. 
Um, hey, tell your cat to stop interrupting my life story. Um, <laughs> well, the so, cat wants a profile too, you know? It's like, right. it's this douche. <laughs> Every cat has its day. So, you know, after a few years of doing the LA gallery hoppy, you know, working for a, a, a pretty big name artist, you know, as an assistant, I was like, well, I, I had a friend from college, at, you know, who also lives in Long Beach, who is Moroccan. Um, and I, he had invited me to come out there and stay with his family. And I was like, wow, you know, I've, everything I've heard about Morocco, it sounds really interesting. And what I started to say about my grandmother was, she to this day will tell me a story that when I was seven years old, she was leaving on a trip. I was visiting LA because I grew up in the Bay Area, but I, I was there visiting LA and I, and I guess my grandmother and grandfather were leaving for Egypt, you know, as a trip. They had never been. And I said, take me, she, she'll tell you that I said, at seven years old, I said, take me with you. My whole life, I've wanted to go to Egypt. You know? Dunya. Right. Dunya. Right. Most. And I ended up in the fatherland. But we'll talk about that more later. But, yes. I mean, the papyrus, scroll drawings, hieroglyphics, stuff like that was just stuff that I loved growing up whenever I saw it. You know, I feel like it influenced my drawing style. Like things were often flat and graphic and in profile. You know, that's definitely ancient Egyptian art is a big influence, I think, in my drawing style. Um, so apparently I just wanted to go there since I was a kid. Because at seven, I thought my whole life I want to go. So I finally did much later in 2010. But before Egypt, it was Morocco that was like the big destination for me because I had never been. Um, so that friend that invited me, I said, okay, you know what? Like I was like, I've had it with LA. I'm a single dude. I've been working in the galleries. I'm, I just felt like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I need to do something sooner than later. Why wait? You know, why? I guess I just started feeling like to always put something off. I guess I got to an age where I felt like, you know, why keep putting it off? Why can't I plan this so that someday is like soon, you know? And so I told my friend Khalid, yes, another friend Khalid, except he pronounces it Khalid. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I made my way through Europe, had a great time. Because you can't, well, from LA, you can't fly direct into Morocco. So, you know, I was like, made a trip of it, you know? Um, and made my way there. We had a great time. I loved it. I came back, got back into the groove with the LA stuff that I told you about, but I could never shut up about Morocco. I was always talking about it to friends. Yeah, you but... still can't shut up about Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> you never shut up about That's Morocco. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, so... It's like Moroccans, Moroccans don't talk so much about Morocco, dude. Right. I know, I know. And part of it, I do it to bother you guys. You know that. Um, <laughs> Not that we have any hatred for Morocco. It's just... Uh, moat. <laughs> moat. Moat. Well, you know, I mean, we got... So you're you're here representing Maghrib. And then we got yes. Levant over here with Saidafi, the Syrian. Um, yep. I'm sort of in the middle. Egypt is sort of, you know, a little bit Maghrib, a little bit, uh, you know... Uh, Dome of the Rock and Roll, 
<laughs> yes. We're, you know, just, just, you know what I mean? Like, we're a little Africa, we're a little bit Middle East, we're a little bit, you know, Mediterranean. You know, pretty much everybody's been here with the Greeks and the French and everything, you know. Right. Well, Morocco, is, I would describe it pretty similarly to what you just said. Um, I mean, no, it's not actually like geographically part of the Middle East, but there is a, obviously a Middle Eastern influence that's heavy there, mixed with African and well, you know, Spanish first, and Portuguese and, you know, French, you know, so not the, to mention I mean, all I the, mean, the first, the first, the first Arabs in Morocco were, uh, were the Umayyads came from Syria, actually, so. Oh, really? You and Zedefe got that in common. It was, it was, it was, right. uh, well, we after, looked, after we looked a revolution similar. in Syria, <laughs> in Damascus, they fled and went all the way across North Africa and ended up in Morocco, so. Which well, is you can't why really, they couldn't really go any farther, right? I mean, it's the farthest west. Well, they went to Spain. They almost they went they to were, Spain. They were in France, you know. I mean, until Charles. Well, that's north. Again. That's north. I mean, they couldn't go further than Morocco, like that west. There isn't anything like it's the ocean, but yeah, uh, you'd be at that uh, being the first in the Atlantic. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's why there is such a big similarity in architecture. You look at like uh, Damascene architecture and Moroccan architecture, a lot of similarities, especially right. we're talking about the Riyads and all that. Like yeah, the with the courtyard stuff. in the middle. Mm -hmm. And a lot very, of their roofs have the ceramic, <clears throat> like terracotta ceramic jade. Yeah, we never roof. we never had those. Those, right. we, we well, don't they have. They told me in Morocco that that really came from some Chinese influence. That is interesting. I don't know if it's like Silk Road trading <laughs> stuff, but they said they got that from Chinese roofs. Well, and it does was, look there like was a that. Lot of, there was a lot of uh, cross-cultural pollination. Um, you know, I mean, like, uh, uh, Arab manuscripts definitely took, you know, some uh, influence from uh, Chinese watercolors and that kind of stuff. Chinois. Chinois. Sini. That's what I mean, you know, I mean, like Arabs went went east and they discovered rice and tea and uh, watercolors. Nice. And that's history right there. That's awesome. <laughs> and there's still a lot of cross-cultural pollination going on. And even more so, I guess, now with the internet, you know, because now everyone can see everything that anyone's doing anywhere, anytime, you know. So, well, this is, some, this is something that a lot of people get wrong about about Middle Eastern culture and Islamic, you know, uh, civilization is that they were very open to other cultures and other ideas. Um, they were the first people to start translating, um, you know, Aristotle and Plato out of, you know, old Greek. Um, they, you know, really were a connection between China, Indonesia, Malaysia, and, uh, the West, the Bay Area, and yeah, the Bay Area. Yeah, they didn't quite make it to the Bay Area. <laughs> the four one five, huh? For a while, right? It, it took them a little while to get to the Bay Area. <laughs> that was not. That didn't exactly happen. <laughs> that wasn't the Omayyad dynasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although they say that California, the name California, has like some Arabic roots. Yeah, it's supposed to be from Khalifa. Khalifa. Right. Who was like some? It's a mythical, some myth, mythical queen, Caliphia. That like they take the name from Khalifa. That um, 
ruled California. There was an indigenous ruler of California before the Spanish arrived. There's a whole story. Right. Um, which is kind of a lame story because she ends up like being defeated and then marrying like some Spanish guy or something. You know, Don't we all? Conqueror. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, I know, you know, and Antonio Banderas, he's just, you know, ah. ponytail, he's just too sexy. He's so sexy, I cannot, sexy, I cannot resist. Ah. I am from Spain. I, I really got to tell you, though, based on, you know, like, I went to Spain, too, southern Spain, and ancient oh. Andalusia, I mean, Granada, Cordoba. You know, I went through, I mean, I was also up in Barcelona and I've been to Madrid, but, you know, the further south in Spain, it really was amazing how much of the architectural presence and, well, especially the architectural presence, but the sort of leftover cultures, if you will, from, you know, the Moorish times of Spain are so clear in southern Spain, you know. Um, well, they were, there, they were there for, you know, hundreds of years. Um, we, yeah, and and you know, like, and here's the thing here's the thing like, you talk to almost any Arab or Muslim, like, there, there's a huge pride in Andalusian culture and, and in the right. Spanish Arab Muslim culture there because it was a time of uh, they were one of the most advanced civilizations in the world at the time, and also, right. It was a time of great collaboration and peace between Jews, Christians, and Muslims. They, yes, they, you know, you know, to uh, my dad, who traveled to so many places, refused to visit Spain because why? because he was like, it's it's too painful. It's too what painful to like to, to 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 see the remnants of that civilization and just a bit like it's just a heavy loss you know there are some right. people who feel that way you know Arabs really uh, have like a great reverence like this was like one of our greatest moments uh in our civilization right our our collaboration with jews and christians and the society that we had and the architecture that we made and the art that we made um and it took a real like uh bloody inquisition to destroy that society and it you know it wasn't until i mean like when i don't remember the exact year that they arrived but it was like the eighth century and then it wasn't until 1492 that um the last uh uh sultanate was kicked out of uh of spain right and i think this is where you met, as you mentioned, a lot of Jews then, I think, ended up in Morocco even more than were there before. Yeah, they went to Morocco, they went to Egypt, they went to like... Tunisia. The, the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right. I mean, look, there's a huge history that obviously we can't unpack all tonight, but that I feel like there should be more documentaries on, and I'll be happy to feature on them. But, um, you know, like on the, on the, the Golden Ages, like the Moors and, and other other periods of time, you know, in, in what are now considered, I guess, are mostly Arab countries and, and also majority Muslim countries, like that have a long history of, like you said, being open to other cultures, having communities of different ethnic 
All right. Apparently, apparently it's unlawful assembly uh, after a certain amount of time on Zoom if you have uh, too many people. Are you serious? Yeah, because we've done other Zooms. Like we, we go on for, you know. Well, we needed to take a little break. Yeah. Let me just address this. If I've been on some podcasts now, and I haven't been on one where I'm waiting for for one of the hosts to come back because he went to go take a break. I didn't initiate the break. It stopped stopped the meeting because. Right. And then you took your time taking a break. I was back. Khalid Serafi was back. I'm like, where's Khalid Hussein? He says he's taking a break. He's taking a smoke break. He's taking a piss. What is this? If hey, if if we're gonna have break time, like I'm gonna use it well. Why wouldn't you tell your guests you could take? A I break? did. Maybe I have to take a piss. Maybe I want to smoke something. You could have. I, 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 I'm I, sitting I, around I, waiting on you. Well, you could have talked. I told Zedifi, like, you could have talked to him. I did I talk to him. We're twiddling our thumbs waiting for you. Oh, fuck yourself. I told him we're, we're waiting on You Pharaoh. tell your people, guests. People wait yourself. on Pharaoh. Blame, blame it all on me. <laughs> no, I don't have ahead. a problem with that. I know you. Because <laughs> you're a douche. Yeah. Now, a lot of times when we talk, we talk art, we talk politics. The word douche gets used. I didn't come up with that. I ran with it, but I didn't come up with it. Can you explain a little why you were overusing the word douche to describe other men? <laughs> I, you don't have to name not names. other men. You don't have to name names, but you would not use other it. men, particularly you. No, uh, before me. Oh, before it started. Me. Well, no, it started. When we were talking about, you don't have to say his name. Early on, when we when we first uh, uh, became friends, we were talking about a particular Middle East uh, commentator. Right. Commentator. We don't have to uh, name the name, but right. Um, he, he comments on the Middle East and has his own website, and you know. No, I haven't heard about media him network time. bullshit. And I called, I, I was like, he's a douche. And you said, well, you're a douche. <laughs> and, Did I really and, say that? Yeah, you're like, like well, right I, you're, a, you're a douche. <laughs> and ever since then, we have sort of affectionately referred to each other as douche. And it has right. become a, a thing that, you know. I mean, is it douchey to wear a V-neck? Because I have a friend, Ali. It is a little bit. Are you serious? He's it's always bagging on me about V-necks, and he and I get the sense that he didn't say it explicitly, but I get the sense that he thinks it's douchey or douche-looking, like Night at the Roxbury-ish, you know? It's a little and bit. It's a little bit douchey. Is it really? Yeah, V-necks are a little bit douchey. I you don't have, know that. Is it like the lower the V, the more the deeper the douche? The douchier it is, the lower the V. Okay. The well, mine's not very low. It's not like down in my yeah. Navel that's with that's like just like a pointed. It's more just like a pointed, you know, regular That's neck. That's right. It's not even a V-neck. It's just a pointed collar. Thank you. Yeah. But, like, when you get to, like, real low V-necks, uh, the lower You're, the V, the douchier you go. The douchier the douche? The so douche. how douchey am I wearing this right now? Uh, you're, you're okay. A regular really? amount of douchey. I mean, I can, I can like, measure how deep it is. A feel of one to douche. <laughs> 
<laughs> on a scale of one to douche, how bad am I? How bad am I looking right now? I mean, you're you're at regular level douchiness. I can live with uh, you know, I mean, you know, this is a, I, I think there's, you know, psychologists could could, uh, you know, dissect this about, you know, how uh, heterosexual males express uh, emotion to each other. And most of us just insult each other. You know, the, they're between heterosexual males. There's a lot of insulting, and most right. of it is, uh, you know, it, the the insults are actually affectionate. Although, right. although um, a lot of um, Middle Eastern North African men, like they'll 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 insult each other, but they'll also get pretty physical too. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's it's, it's 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 taken in a different way, you know. Oh sure, yeah. But I mean, the, the, in terms of male interaction, there's a level of insulting and like, you know, you know, ball busting, grab assing and ball busting. That's like, it, it's just saying, hey, bro, I like you. You know, we're, we're I, you know, I love you, bro. Love you, bro. Like that, right? Like, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an I love you, bro. But it comes in the form of like, fuck you, douche. Right. <laughs> I got that. I get that. Yeah. And then we just became friends ever since. And we've shown other places as well together. We had oh, yeah, we've done plenty of art shows together. In fact, I have like one of our hybrid paintings. Yeah, we did some collaborated you know, collaborations, um, paintings together. Um, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, exquisite corpse style, right? Sort of. Maybe not. I mean, we just we passed. I don't know how exquisite they were, but they but were it wasn't gorgeous. Like we, weren't, <laughs> we weren't. It's not like we weren't looking at the progress. So no, it was cool because like I would do something and I pass it off to you, and you'd do something on it, and I pass it. And you would always do. This is the the the, the funny thing about our collaborations. On don't say days. if you make if you make me sound like I did minimal work. I'm gonna be no. Sure. You would do stuff that made it really difficult to do other stuff to it. I'm keeping you on your toes. And like, you would make it like, God, you like did all this texture and stuff. I'm like, how, how am I supposed to like rebuild it. this now that you've like globbed on all this like texture paste and stuff like that. Right. Like, you're, you know, you're not making it easy for me here, bro. But, uh, but I think they turned out well, we sold a few of them. There's oh yeah. There's part of one I have here in my studio. That's yeah, that's old school. Well, well, uh, why don't you uh, uh, talk a little bit, Noah, so that the the the, the oh, you lights see on. It? You see it? It's one of our collabs. Yeah, that's right. Kind of cute. It's kind of more cubist looking now that I'm looking at it from after having not seen it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in years. That was 2012. like 2012. 2012, yeah. That's vintage. Jesus, it's, I can't believe it's been that much time. It's golden era. Well, golden era vintage. 
we've we've been it's it's the douche era. Same. We've been, same we've been douching. We've been douching for many years. That sounds wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's how you stay clean. <laughs> wow. Um, we need to start collabing again. And since there's more time at home, I want to start a piece like I did and drop it off to you. Are you willing to do that again? Yeah. Not to put you on the spot, but I just did. All right. I'm done. Let's do it. I have, I have, I have some canvases on hand. I got canvases on hand. Take my hand. I'm trying to make a deal with you. (laughs) Nice. I don't know. I don't know how fist bumping goes when uh, you're doing a Zoom meeting. Let's try it. Just break your screen with your fist. Kind of, it works. I'm just going to pound it. (laughs) Is that that your pickup line? Is that a motto? (laughs) Pound it. Oh my God, dude, you've got to do better. Just pound it. This is why I call you a douche. (laughs) Comments like that. Yeah, just pound it. You said it. That's like your motto in life. I was talking about fist bumping, okay? I wasn't talking. uh... You are a douche in your own right. Uh, this is this is is quickly devolved into like a, a Larry David episode, <laughs> <laughs> a bad Larry David episode. <laughs> speaking like of which, first, the first draft. Speaking of which, uh-huh. let's transition, 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 something serious. Transition. Transition. It's getting Trizizzle. late. Transizzle. Look, I got a lot of ginger. Let me alone. Um. You're all hopped up on ginger ale. I'm all hopped up on ginger ale. I'm trying to tell you. Um, yeah, you're trying. You're I'm trying, succeeding. and you're interrupting me, you <laughs> asshole. Like, I, like, like, you won't let me tell a story. You're getting me your re- fucking revenge because I oh, that's right. blocked your story. When he, when you, when you, when you Ooh, yeah, I'm you are the biggest story interrupter in the universe. Coitus interruptus. <laughs> Storius interruptus. You're you're the expert at interrupting stories. It took me like an hour to tell you like a, a five minute story. He's a good storyteller. Yeah. But you know like, what? You're a good storyteller. You get your flow. You got your your rhythm. You gotta have the own. You gotta build it. And then it's like this guy's just. Back him up. Listen. <laughs> you know what's wrong with you? If I hadn't said shit, you would have taken an hour to tell a five-minute story. And that's why I keep interrupting you. <laughs> well, it would have been a very sad story, story though. I think your it would have been a very sad story. Go on and you know what's wrong travel. with you? You know what's wrong with you? You're a dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I mean, seriously. What do you mean, I'm a douche? You're a fucking douche. <laughs> yeah, it takes one to know one. Well, well, yeah, okay. I won't argue. No argument there. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, this is an example of uh, what you were saying earlier, like the way 
what were you saying? The way bros like bros like bust each other guys love. show love. That's yeah. what you were saying, right? Nice. Bromance. <laughs> yeah. Ball ball busting. Ball busting is bromance. That's for an bros, essential part. I guess. Of, of, Not that we're bros, but you know what I mean. Oh, we're not bros? What do you, you know what I'm say? saying? We're not <laughs> bros. Like, hey, bro, like, frat boy, bro. You know, um, we're yeah. bros. Well, like, like, ox, like, ox. Like, ox. you know, I mean, I, 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 like, I, I, I was, I was working at a place where we started using the term bro as like a, like, we started it ironically. What place was this? Chippendales? Where did you work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to tell you. I don't need to out myself. No, but I just you know, did. You just we did. all started calling each other bros. We all started calling each other bros, and and we started ironically, and then it, it became actually kind of a religion. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, we just added bro to everybody's name. You know, it's like Cal bro, and Aaron Cal bro. bro. Nice. You no, know, like Jessica it. bro. Like everybody, everybody was bro. It's like the word smurf. What? Yeah. <laughs> what Smurf? Did you say Smurf? Smurf. Smurf? In in the back in the day, the cartoons of Smurfs, like Smurf was a word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. You know what, Gargamel? You look like the fucking bad guy to Smurf right now. So move it along. All right. Yeah. Smurf so, bro. Yeah, we were all Smurf bros. Are you recording? Yeah, recorded. There, there is a document of this conversation, and it will be posted online. And it will be used against all of us. In a court it will of be law. used all against, against all of us in a court of law. That's right. Dun, dun. <laughs> like law and order. Was that the law and order? I got dun, dun. that. I knew you were doing that law and order. Dun, dun. <laughs> you know what that sound is? It's it's like monks stomping on a hardwood floor all at once. What are you talking about? Where do you get that this? sound? From... Motherfucker, law and order. You just brought up law and order. Yeah. And that oh, sound, man. that dun I read about that sound, and I'm telling you a little trivia that you might like to know, which is that that sound is monks being recorded stomping on a floor. Seriously? Like some ritual. Some ritual they do. I'm serious. This isn't like Kabbalah secret shit. I'm telling you, I know this trivia. But really, that that I did not know. And I'm here to teach you. I just enlightened you, my friend. Oh, I feel now you know what that feel very enlightened and douchey. (laughs) Golden era vibe for me, dude. This is the more. Just call me the more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. But this is from the same guy that I, I, I was. I was I was going to a funeral, and <laughs> you you were sleeping on my couch for the night, and uh, I, I I pulled out my black suit and Gross. a black shirt, and I was like, "How do I look?" And your response was, "You look good, and I mean, you look sad and douchey. You look sad <laughs> and douchey. That was your response." Well, I was trying to make you feel a little bit. I was trying to lighten the mood. I mean, you're going to a funeral. You need a little comic relief. But I also yeah. wanted you to know that you looked appropriately sad. 
So sad and douchey is what I came up with <laughs> to satisfy my desire to show you tough love like a bro, I guess, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call it aesthetic. Sick fuck. Anyway. Jump in here and help us out because I think I'm just I'm just listening to the stories, man. You guys have more stories together than I do. Why did you tell me earlier you have more links than a what happened? What did you say earlier to me, Colin? Was saying you have more links than Oh, is it like the, the, the gold a gold uh, a gold necklace? Yeah, he said gold chain. Like that. You have more yeah. links than a gold necklace. <laughs> like oh, well, actually, we can we can talk about how I met Serafi. Yeah, I want to hear that because I met Serafi through you. Yeah. And I met you through our art show. Serafi came into the scene. Did you guys know each other from UCLA or what? Yeah, we were we were students together. <laughs> uh, okay. We met in like our like uh, religion seminar. It Did was, you like each other right away, or was it like? Oh, I mean, you or know, was it like that guy looks like a dude? I mean, we had it. It, it was a problem because we, we had the same first name. Time so then out. we 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 went. Everything to last... with you is a problem, in my experience. Was... Everything with you is a problem. You're, like you're... We, were, we were like looking you're at each problem. other. Like no, that's my name, right? And it's like there's right. like this tension, like... but then <laughs> then this incident happened. So you were the two colleagues in the class. Yeah, so then it was like, okay, we're gonna re everyone's gonna refer to you by your last name. So it was Sadafi and Hussein. Nice. And it's like, okay, Hussein like and Sadafi. And, and um, Sadafi invited me to um, to study after class to meet up at like one of the like study rooms in Kirkhoff, I believe was the name of the building at UCLA. Um, so we met up Kirkhoff. to study. Kirkhoff, yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone called it, but yeah. Kirkhoff, Kirkhoff. It had like a like coffee shop and like study rooms. And we met up to study, um, talk about the readings. And we met up with another uh, student. So it was three of us. And, um, you know, we started talking because... She was Egyptian. I was Egyptian. He's Syrian. You were, but, but, huh? You were. I'm still. I still am. I, exactly. It hasn't expired <laughs> yet. You're mummified. Uh, but you know, so we were talking like Middle East politics, and for some reason we got onto um, Syria. This is 2008. Yeah, this was like 2008. When I was doing a Istanbul artist residency in 2008, you were douching Istanbul. Very good. Yes, I'll tell you more about that later. 2008. Go ahead. No, well, so this was this was when Bashar al-Assad, the who is still the fucking president of Syria, was considered. I don't think that's the official title, but okay. I think it is. I think fucking is the the always the appropriate should, word you know like precede the word president uh, when you speak of him fucking but president. in, in 2008 <laughs> he was he was he was considered a possible reformer and like a liberal and like he's a younger generation he was are you telling me he was like bernie sanders of syria no 
not I wouldn't call him a Bernie Sanders of Syria. He was he was like, but they considered him like possibly a reformer. I mean, this is after he, you know, he had inherited power from his father who had been in power for 30 years and was an iron fisted dictator. Right. Yeah. So they saw a younger dude and they're like, oh yeah, he was educated in the West. He he, yeah, he went dressed to nice. In England. He went to school in the UK. So they had hopes. Pediat- like what he was in pediatrics, right? I think he was a, an ophthalmologist. I thought he I thought he was a pediatrician. I don't know, whatever. He was in some kind of like fucking Can you imagine that dude with kids. Oh Jesus. <laughs> But, you know, people were like, oh, because he studied in the West, he must be nice. Uh, you know, he speaks good English. So we can that's relate like, to him. That's not accurate. If anything, well, the West, like, wanted him to be that way. But anyway. right. That was the perception. In any case, during the conversation in our study session, uh, his name came up. And... I don't remember exactly the phrasing I, I, I used, but I was like, fuck Bashar al-Assad. Like, he's a fucking <laughs> asshole. He's a, I think I kind of called him a douche. Not in the good way. But I, like, I was like, fuck him. He, no, I think I called him a, a, a dope. <laughs> like, he's a fucking, like, dopey-ass dictator fucker. And, and the, the other Egyptian... Egyptian girl that we were studying with was like, hold on, like this guy's from Syria. Like he might be offended. What if he likes his president? And I was like, well then fuck him too. <laughs> and that's how we and said to me was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know where you remember. Did you say that? I, I was like, I like this guy. We can we can get along. We can get along. <laughs> no, that was that was how we, that was how we became friends <laughs> over mutual hatred of Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's how. <laughs> that's how. That's how the friendship began. Nice. I like that. That's a good story. Yeah. 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 You gotta. You gotta understand. You gotta understand. We had. We went to school with uh, like a mixed group of people in that, um, how do I put this? Different ideological backgrounds, people who had- We're wildly different. Wildly different people who were, some were, you know, um, for the US invasion of Iraq, some were pro-Zionist, some were this, some were that. And then there were some who weren't, pro any of that but still we're just like on the fence kind of like all right i think there were very few who i could honestly say were were, would just hold it down ethically on like the main issues you know and so and so i think that's also why we connected so well and and we were dick about this podcast is that that's kind of like the spirit of all of this you know we're we're bring up the shit that people are on the fence about or afraid to talk about or or, are against flat out against right and we're ahead of our time we think about things and we talk about things before they happen but we predict them and 
Yeah, well, let, let, let Hussein talk about this a little bit. You want to talk about 303 a little bit? You guys are on some, like, clairvoyant level status. We predicted the Arab Spring, dude. Serious? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I would... Like, in a I way, like, in a way. You know, you know, like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not claiming any uh, special skills, but... But, but we are. But we are. Okay. Oh, you want me to tell? Okay, to tell we, we, we can be a little douchey about it. Uh, you are. Professor, what's his fuck? Wait, wait. Um, I know who you're talking about. Um, Binder. Binder. Yeah. Okay. Professor Binder, who's like an 800 year old like vampire. <laughs> Who like he literally like uh, fought in 1948 for the Irgun with the pro yeah the proto-Israeli army. Really, this guy was everywhere. I this guy was definitely CIA man. Like he was there when the when the the revolution happened in Iran. He was there in Pakistan, like hanging out with like whenever there was some like major shit happening in the region, he yeah. was there. Like he was in prison. Binder was all, yeah, Binder was up in all that shit. And he was like an, a, a thousand year old man. And you go to his office hours and he had his like midget wife who was like this midget troll who never really spoke. She'd just be like, doo, 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 doo. hello, I'm your wife. And, <laughs> and just sit there. And like you're having office hours with your professor and his like weird little troll wife is just like, doo, 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 I'm your wife. Um, anyway, he taught political science and, you know, so his classes were, uh, part of the curriculum. He was actually my advisor on one of my papers. And so for the papers for, uh, to, you know, uh, for the degree that I was going for, you had to do three 20 page research papers as uh you know your dissertation he was one of mine too he was such an asshole about signing right. off yeah he was a fucking asshole and so i did a research paper that was about and this was in uh what 2010 mm-hmm. right so in 2010 or no 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 2009 really um I was right. I, I wrote this paper about um, how people in in project cities, inner city Cairo, people in Egypt, how they uh, avoided the police when they had like conflicts. When there was conflicts between families, some people got into a fight. Somebody killed somebody. And they didn't want to go to the police because everyone knew it was a police state. Egypt was a harsh police state and they didn't want to get the police involved. So they would do these like family um, courts. And they, you know, so they, they relied on customary law. You know, a lot of them were, were you know, uh, come from like Bedouin descent. And they're, so they're going back on, you know, they're relying on old school ways of resi- resolving conflicts. Tribal law. Yeah. Uh, tribal law, Islamic law, like some combination of that. But but they all sort of agreed and it actually worked. And like, we don't want to get the police involved. We're going to sit down. 
I'm going to have the oldest, most respected person in the family sit down, you know, be the judge. And we're going to uh, argue our cases and we're going to resolve the conflict that way without getting the state involved because no one trusted the government. And so I wrote a paper about how um, this was a, a sign of, you know, a revolutionary possibility in Egypt that this is right. like a brewing like there there is a revolutionary revolutionary sentiment there is the possibility of people like taking over their society um you know i i was arguing the revolutionary end of that and uh binder professor binder was like read the paper and was like no 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 read this book that was written in 1994 and um you know, there's no, there's no chance of revolution in Egypt and blah, 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 like rewrite the paper. And I wanted to graduate. So I did rewrite the paper. And I, you know, I rewrote the paper where I was like, ah, but there's this and this and, you know, but, and eh, it's probably not going to be a revolution. The next year, because 2011, there was a fucking revolution in Egypt. <laughs> like the things that I was talking about as possibilities actually happened. Right. And so uh, I just, I really wanted, I wanted to just go to his office and just be like, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Fuck you. You like, you made me change my paper. And you were like, you poo-pooed me. I was talking about the possibility of revolution in Egypt. Literally a year, one year later, it happened. And they right. toppled the government. And it was glorious. And 2011, you know, for, for those of us who are attached to Arab politics and Arab societies in these countries, like 2011 was amazing. It was everything that we had always like, dreamed of and hoped for you know a youth movement you know that's supported by older you know people that rise up against the government and actually drive these old dictators out of power it was beautiful it got crushed right. by coup d'etats and you know takeovers later and civil wars it got crushed but it's not dead you know, um, and it was fucking beautiful, and it was, it was our generation's revolution. Right. And you did a graphic novel about the Tunisia, Arab yeah, Arab Spring in Tunisia, right? I did. Tell us about that. I mean, <clears throat> I did. I mean, I, I was so excited about what was going on. Tunisia was the first revolution in 2011. And so I just, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm not there in the Middle East. I'm not there in North Africa to participate. My participation is going to be artistic and narrative. So I did an illustrated history of the Tunisian rebellion that ended with, you know, the, the toppling of the government. Right. Tunisia is still, to this day, one of the countries out of the Arab Spring that is, you know, still 
moving towards democracy and and the like, least like, bad totally been reversed yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah, like least bad situation. It's the least suppressed, yeah, of all, of all of those revolutions. But would you say? I, I was like, I want to, I wanted to, you know, contribute something. So I did an illustrated thing. It's like a hundred pages of drawings and and a narrative of the very detailed work. I remember how much time you put into that. I mean, I did it fast for what it was um because i just spent all my time on it like um my girlfriend at the time almost broke up with me over it because i i was doing nothing but drawing and writing <laughs> at all you know, it, it almost ruined my relationship but it's like i was on a mission and i got right. it done in, in you know within the I year i think it's great i think it's great and the illustrations are awesome a lot of nice graphic detail yeah let's put a link to it i mean i mean i still have calluses on my fingers like i got a callus on my finger that is definitely from holding the pen right (laughs) it was it was a you know you know and you know when you're when you're spending that much time drawing um at some point your eyes start to like like you need to get up and look at something in the distance because your eyes are so like have right. been focused on something at a certain distance yeah that's and you're true focusing on this paper for so long that you need to get up and like let your eyes adjust to actually looking at the world you do um, that's true it's a real thing that happens yeah it is Anyway, that's that's my hero moment. That's awesome. <laughs> that book is available on Amazon or where is it? Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can get it. At, it's even um, there's a digital oh, version. You can get it on Kindle. The tu- the Tunisian Awakening. Well, we'll, we'll nice. share the link. Yeah, that'd be great. Share the link. It's it's uh, you can get a physical copy or you can get it on Kindle. Nice. But uh, yeah. All right. All right. Go for it. Smoke break. Yeah. I'm going to smoke you on my next smoke break. I'm going to come to Pasadena and smoke you. Come on. Welcome back, everyone. That's the second three. I'm your douche. Ahlan wa sahlan, al-mushirahim al-kiram, al-birnamij al-yom. Marhaban bikum. Ma'a daifina al-douche. Al-douche. Daifina al-kareem. Ma'ana al-yom al-douche. Say that more often. It's me, Sidi Nur Al Douche. Uh, El 
شيخ الفنانين شيخ الفنانين دوش الفنانين Well, there you go. Nice. Uh, you have been fully invited and uh, introduced. Welcome. Yes, you've been welcomed. Lauded. Yes. So what are, what are like, you know, we did a little spiel right there with, you know, going into some Arabic um, for fun, like improv. Uh-huh. But in Morocco, for example, I mean, an interesting cultural difference, you know, than like American, mainstream American culture is like, when you greet someone in American culture, hey, how are you? It's been a while. What's going on? Like, it's done in like a few seconds, basically, right? Intros or not even intros, sorry. Like greetings between friends. I mean, This can go on for minutes. Outros, like, you know, say, say, like saying goodbye, that takes forever too. Right. Yeah. Hellos and goodbyes are very drawn out. You, know? you, you say and goodbye nice. before you leave the door, you say goodbye, and then you walk them out the door, and then you say goodbye again. And then you walk them down the stairs, and you say goodbye again. And it's basically a whole other hangout. Like, right. it's a whole, other, like... Like, you'll get to the, the front gate of your building and they're, they're walking you there. Then they're walking you out to the street. And, it's and then you talk some more <laughs> and you say goodbye some more. It's like, the whole hangout could have been done in the elevator. Because <laughs> the amount of time you spend, like, saying goodbye, it's like, right. and then you kiss cheeks. And then you say goodbye, and then you kiss cheese again, and then you're like, you know, it's like uh, the whole thing could have just happened in the elevator because that was a full hangout, right? Half an it's hour. An interesting cultural point. I mean, I just I find that interesting. Our I got used to it, but there were times where I was like, man, I don't want to see this dude right now because I don't want to talk. I, I mean, I maybe I have to have a headache. I'm like. I don't want to talk for the next 10 minutes saying, hello, how are you? How are your kids? How's your mom? What's been happening? You know, like- How's your grandma? How's your how grandma? Your I haven't seen them in a while. What's going on? Like, it's, I miss you. It's just like, it's sweet, but it goes on really long sometimes. Because Wayne, I'm used to Wayne, Wayne, the more like quick American. There's no, way, there's no way to avoid it. Right. Wayne, where have you been? I miss you. All that good stuff. And it's like, dude, you saw me just like a few yeah. days ago. Right. right. We were hanging out yesterday. Working. Nothing else has happened. <laughs> <laughs> you moron. You know what? I have to plug um I have to plug my iPad. I think you have to plug out. yourself in. I could switch to my phone. Hold on, I might be able to do this. Well, how, I how need, long do you have? Because I, I think we're wrapping this up. It says Anyways. I have 10. Should we just go to my battery dies? I, think, I, think I mean, I think we're wrapping this up anyway. Okay. We don't have to do the Arab goodbye where we go to the stairwell and the, you know, we, we can do a quicker goodbye than that. But, well, listen, uh, I, I do really appreciate being on this podcast. I think it's really dope that you guys started this and had me on as the first douche, I mean, first guest. 
You were the first. I know. Or both, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, and I know we, you know, we got to ramble and have our usual sort of conversation that's all over the place. But we get gems. We get gems. No, there's some hilarious shit. I, ne- next time, next time we'll actually talk about. Next time something. we have you on, we'll talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was like our Seinfeld episode. It wasn't really about anything, but just it's a, it's introducing a, a, ourselves to everyone by talking shit to each other. Yeah, it's like it's, it's about nothing. It's a pod about nothing. Yeah, you're the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's a podcast about nothing. You're a douche pod, so, you know. That's true. That's why I'm here. <laughs> At least you can accept it. The first stage is acceptance. Is acceptance. Just own it, man. Own it. I'm like, owning it. My I'm name is Noah, and I'm a douche pod. Me and call me a douche, and you did. I knew what you were going to do, and, and, and I still went in for the trap because I love it. So what can I say? <laughs> Oh Lord of Mercy! <laughs> Lord of Mercy. Um, Lordy, Lordy. What would be a good outro? Like, um, can hey, you want to sing a song? Can I was gonna say, can global friendly? What's a good outro? I don't know, but I, I, I mean, you, you want to sing a song? No, I mean, well, what would you like? <laughs> Frankly, no, I don't. I don't want to sing a song. But um, I'll sing a song. Yeah, please don't. Let's just. By the way, everyone, I'll be back because we need to talk about cooking. I was once at Carla Hussein's house, and he made one of those everything but the kitchen sink soups. He said it was an Egyptian soup, but he was like, I mean, there were like fifty ingredients in the soup. I think he might have poured some Jack Daniels in there, which I really don't think is a traditional recipe. But maybe that's his. I make my own version, okay? I get it. I make my own version. I think we should give some shouts out to the Douche Crew. Remember the original Douche Crew? I mean, me, (laughs) for one. (laughs) Me, you, you. Shout out to Rama. Bow wow wow EPO EPA. Him. Yeah. Bow we'll, we'll, we'll probably We'll probably have those those fools like pop in. Yeah. I'm giving them a shout War, out. Warren Fahmi. The Fahman. I was the about Fahmi. to say the other Pharaoh. Ramses. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And who else? Oh, Goline. One, one, one Goline. Let's be honest. One Goline. Samari. Sabzi. Samari. Sabzi. Is uh yeah no no she already said she she would she would uh she would be honored. Well, she should be because I am, and this was a great show, and I look forward to seeing other members of the original West LA late night loitering around Westwood and uh, what was that bakery we were always at? Elise. 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 And oh, uh, cafe. cafe. Elise, which also is known AKA as Sugar Buns. Sugar what buns. is it called? We called it Sugar Buns. Why? Long story. <laughs> I guess we don't have time for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so we'll save that for the next pod. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us this evening. And thank you to the Khalidiyah podcast for having me on. I appreciate it. This was dope. Let's do it again. You're appreciated. And you will definitely be on again. And we will definitely have to have to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're, You're much loved. You're much loved. Habibi. Beloved douche. Galbi. Galbi. Ya Habibi. Ayuni. Ayuni. Ya Habibi. Hanfusa. Habibi. Yesma. All right, douche. We'll talk again soon. I think he logged out. Yeah. All right. All oh right. Uh, I'm going to log out too then. Cool. All right. Peace. And good night. Good night. Buddy.